Don Show is brought to you by, in part, Ron and Don. They are both licensed brokers at Windermere. Hey, you guys. What's going on? It's episode 333 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, I want to thank our friend uh, Mitch Weeks over at Mitch.Loans, and right now they have an incredible deal. Not only is he a sponsor, but he loves the Ron and Don Nation. He's put together a deal just for you. Yeah, you can save one half percent on a refi or a new loan. On the loan, it's an average savings of 3000 bucks. Yeah. And don't forget, with Les Schwab, it's the holiday season. Stop by one of their 85 locations and drop off some food. It's all going to go to Food Lifeline. Thanks to Food Lifeline. Our good friends at Les Schwab at Q13 all working together to get it done. Hey, coming up on the show, let's talk about toxic positivity. <laughs> that is so funny to me. And uh, also, I read a story today. Uh, because I've been thinking uh, that Charlie's already three years old. He's the coolest dog that I have ever met in the world, man. We really, really love Charlie. And and my son and I have been beginning to talk about, we look at Charlie in dog years. Right now he's 29, I think, in dog years. And so Gunner, my son, compares himself to Charlie, and he thinks that Charlie should be more... Uh, mature than him. Okay. <laughs> He's like, Daddy, I think Charlie and I are brothers, but you think he'd be more mature for being like 29 in dog years. What's the matter with him? So anyway, we started to look at this chart, and then it brought up what's going to happen maybe later in life and that we may outlive Charlie and and what happens when dogs hit that rainbow bridge. Do all go, dogs go to heaven? And then also, is it important to be in the room when your dog passes away or your cat or your lamb or your goat or your I have strong opinions hippopotamus about that. or whatever it is that you have. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we're talking about that though. Let's talk about this. Did you listen to, to the story about energy? Did you read the story about energy and how to get more energy? Uh, because this is something I'm currently doing uh, with my dietitian. I'm working on longevity and energy did you did did you read the story? Because I will tell you this, this story, I and I'm like in this right. I I probably understood about eight percent of what they were saying in the story because they really dove deep about the way that the human body functions, about the way that we burn fuel, and where our energy actually comes from. Well, the biggest thing I learned is I think that writers for the New Yorker get paid by the word <laughs> because. <laughs> These articles are like, it's like a small book. Yeah. It's probably 50,000 words. So I, I did not read the entire article. I think I got the gist of the article. I think to listen to it, it said it was 10 minutes. And I listened to it, and it was actually about 22 minutes. It was, it's incredible. a very long article. Yeah. Uh, and if I'm, if this is what my takeaway on it is that there's this huge push right now 
especially in America, to be a high achiever, to have increased energy, to be uh, able to always be on the go, to you know get that CrossFit class in before you go to work, and then grind out all your tasks at work, and then when you're done, just always go 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 in high energy all the time. Lots of coffee. You you go you go into. Any store now, and most of the drinks in the store, like I was looking at Bartels today, most of the drinks in that store are energy drinks. Uh, I dated a police officer for a while who who had crazy, crazy hours and was a shift worker. And, and so she would always be drinking these crazy energy drinks. And I tried a couple of those a couple of times, and they give you energy for about 90 minutes, and then you have to drink another one 90 minutes later. So, so and now that I've read this article, now I know why. Well, they're, they're talking about, you know, that it's a bit of a misnomer, that you cannot really go out and purchase energy. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go and do the energy drink or the caffeine or whatever. You're, that's not really how it works. Um, and they went down to like the mitochondrial level and all this stuff, which again, I am with you. I didn't really understand my, my takeaway on it was in this Don podcast where we talk about things, things we, we don't, don't understand. We've been doing it for 20 years <laughs> since what is, yeah. What's changed the last 25 years, my takeaway. And I'm interested to hear what you take away since you have a nutritionist. I don't even have a nutritionist. My takeaway on it was you, a part of this is, is a decision based part of this is a big part of it is mental where you can sort of decide in a way, like right now, we are giving energy to this podcast. If we weren't recording right now, our energy levels would not be where they're at right now. We, we, we turn it on a little bit, uh, or I turn it on a little bit when I'm doing this. And if I had to meet with a client, let's say, or there was some thing on my calendar tonight, that required me to be energetic, I could muster that energy. I could produce that energy. Uh, if, if, if we were being threatened by someone, we could be very high energy and probably run fast and, and try to escape a threat or to engage in a fight or whatever. So energy in a lot of ways is circumstantial and in a lot of ways is mental, but I'm, I'm interested in your takeaways as well. Well, something I'm going to do is, and, and it's supposed to arrive here in the mail in the next couple of days or so, my friend Misty, uh, sent this to me and she's helped me with my nutrition and my diet and some of my other friends for, for a long time. She's really great. Her name is Misty Nason, N-A-S-O-N. Look her up. Uh, and she's really phenomenal. And she started out working with people uh, on the streets that were drug addicts, just trying to get them on a diet once uh, they had dealt with their addiction and trying to get them back and trying to keep them alive. And a lot of times she couldn't keep everyone alive. Uh, and she still works with some of those folks uh, through a government program, but she also uh, is working with someone like me. And what they have found out in the last couple of years when it comes to energy is our, our bodies are, are fairly complex, and I don't think that's new information. But what is new information is that we all have these hybrid motors, and our motors are all different. My motor is different than Ron's motor, is different than Misty's motor, is different than, well, I don't know if we can include Charlie in this, but he's in the room, so why not? Our, our motors are different. They're different. They're as different as the Toyota 4Runner I drive, and you drive a, a Genesis? No, I still don't drive a Genesis. Why do I still keep... It's a Telluride. A te- you drive a Telluride. SUV of the year, Don. Which will always be a Genesis to me. Uh, so they're, they're cars, 
They have tires. They have all-wheel drive. They have automatic transmissions. They have windshield. They have a lot of things that are in common, like your body and my body does. But once you get under the hood, in a, in a lot of ways, they can be completely different. And in those en- in the in those engines being completely different, uh, one of the interesting things with this DNA swab that I'm going to do is I'm going to learn about the way that my body processes protein. And the way that my body processes protein may be totally different than the way that Ron's body uh, manages protein. The reason why that's important, because we hear time and time again, uh, at least in the world that I live in, how important protein is, certain times of the day that you're supposed to eat protein, when you go work out, what you're supposed to do after concerning carbs and protein, there's all these different formulas that I've tried to follow for years. And, and what I have found out is, well, I haven't found it out yet. I, 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 the hypothesis is that, that I'm going to burn that protein different than you are. Also, when it comes to carbs, I may need a lot more carbs, right? I may need a lot more complex carbs than you. Or when it comes to sugar, our brains, our brain, 70% of our brain runs on sugar. What kind of sugar, though? Because there's different types of sugar. And the sugar that you get out of an orange is completely different than the type of sugar that you would get out of Starburst, which kind of sucks, man, because I love an orange Starburst, if we could just mix those things together. So what I'm interested in doing here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to do this, this this swabbing, and then these test results will come back, and then I'll be able to share with you what I learned about. You are not the father! <laughs> Maury, how'd you get in here? Yeah, but I'll be able to learn about the way that I process those things. And a lot of that has to do with our ancestry too, right? So being an Irishman, we've always heard that, hey, Irishmen can really drink you under the table. Or we hear that Native Americans sometimes. I remember dating a Native American, and she told me that Native Americans can drink you under the table. Well, you know... When, when they actually look at the DNA of people that are Irish and people that are Native American, it's not true. One of the reasons that maybe you'll see folks like me drunk more of the time, it's not because Irishmen drink more than someone, let's say, that's German. It's because we can't handle our booze as well. But it's always been spun as, oh, he's an Irishman. They're Native American, whatever that story is, right? So anyway, uh, I'm going to do this uh, DNA swab, and if you want to do it... Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to find out the way I process those things. And then we're going to look at diet and the energy that comes from that diet and how efficient uh, all that can become. We will, we do know this, though. We do know looking at screens late at night messes up your sleep pattern. Going to bed at different times messes up your sleep pattern. Getting up at weird times uh, in the morning messes up your sleep pattern. So there's specific things that we can do that we can derive energy from uh, if we can make sure. Is there any version of this swab where she's going to recommend the pizza, pasta, ice cream diet (laughs) for me? (laughs) See you guys on the other side. Hey, you guys, Ron and Don here. Just to remind you that the seasons are changing. That's right. We're heading into fall, winter. Here comes the snow. Here comes lots of water. And here comes lots of family road trips as we're getting ready to go to grandma's house. Don't forget with Les Schwab, and I've done this with my rig, as the seasons change, well, that means the road conditions, they change too. And so Les Schwab, they're introducing the new backcountry at Two, for the quieter ride, improved improved performance, and this truck, my truck, with these tires on it, 
It's amazing in a lot of the wet conditions, and I've been road testing these for the last six months. You're going to love them, you guys. Yeah, the right tires help you feel prepared for anything, and you can save up to $130 when you buy quad track tires with Les Schwab Tire Financing. The Backcountry AT2 is the newest tire in the Les Schwab lineup of heavy-duty all-terrain tires. Go into the store nearest you. Tell them Ron and Don sent you. The Backcountry AT2 will help make your driving adventures even more enjoyable. That's Les Schwab. Doing the right thing matters. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a laydown. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> We were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward and uh, no, everything's great. Uh, yeah, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to The Ron and Don Show. I'm G-Force O'Neill, the real brains of this operation. Hey, Dad, can we go get a sandwich? All right, you guys, we're back. Episode 333, live from the Les Schwab Studios. Again, if you need us, Ron and Don, sit down.com. We'll send you a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook. And if you're within the sound of our voice, we sold real estate from Everett to Port Orchard, all the way over Lake Sammamish, the east side. Back over to Ballard and places like Magnolia and Queen Anne, down to Tacoma. Uh, and in fact, we have a place for sale right now in Olympia. So if you're within the sound of our voice and need our help, uh, just let us know. Especially if you're in France. We're not licensed in France, but we would get licensed in France just to go to France, wouldn't we? Well, let's uh, maybe Spain. What? Spain. Yeah, we do Spain too. Uh, toxic positivity. Uh, what do you know about toxic positivity? I do know this. They say it's toxic. This is a this is an interesting article, and there's been stuff similar to this going around for years. It's something that I've worked on a lot, and it's really, really hard. Basically, it's this sort of thing, uh, if I could sum it up. Your friend comes to you, and they say, um, man, I'm really bummed I lost my job. And the, your friend responds, hey, keep your chin up. It could be worse. And it's like, that's exactly... The wrong thing they wanted and to hear. And then they at tell that you time. at the time that they lost a job. Right. And man, one, <laughs> one time I lost my job and yeah. it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened. I to had me. A, I, you and I have a client lost a job and he, I talked to him today and he told me about losing his job, but you had already told me. 
And I had read this article and I'm like, I'm not going to tell him what I know. I'm just going to listen. And then I'm going to be sure to just listen. I don't have to have answers. And I also don't have to fix it. And I also don't have to tell him about the time that I lost a job. Sometimes it may be appropriate to show some kind of empathy or sympathy. But he said that you were a great listener yesterday. And in, 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 in toward the end of it, he said, uh, Ron may have told you some of this. Uh, and he really appreciated what a great listener you were and that you weren't necessarily trying to trying to fix it. Yeah, more. I tried to do the stuff that's not the toxic positivity. Because basically what it comes down to is when you're – this is my theory, not what the article said – when you receive that information, if you're insecure about this, if it makes you uncomfortable to get that news, you want to fix it and gloss over it as quickly as possible. Someone tells you something that's, that's negative or sad or a life event that was not optimal, and you want to get, it goes, ah, it makes me feel uncomfortable. How do I make that stop? It turns into it being about you. Hey, keep your head up. Could be worse. You know, keep going. It's not that keep bad. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you next time for episode sure. 334. Exactly. So I'm ending the show with toxic positivity every time. Not necessarily because they're, you're not responding to someone. So they, they talk about what you should do uh, is to just listen and let it sit there and not solve it. It's very, very hard. It's especially uncomfortable for everyone involved. If you're, <laughs> if you're a man in America, you've been taught to be a problem solver. Yeah. So it's hard when someone says, oh, man, this thing happened and it really sucks to go, yeah, man, that's hard. Yeah. And then you just let it sit there. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. I, I went deep with uh, my therapist this week on something. And I told her something, revealed something to her that I thought I had told and revealed to her in the past. And, and I guess I had not. And it was something that I felt incredible shame for. Incredible shame. Like it could really be something. It could be a driver for me. And, it's, and, and, and what, you, what you learn when, when, when you've had addiction issues in your life, what, what you learn is that there's triggers and to call those triggers out. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to face those triggers again. But it just means you see them, you recognize them, you call them out, you drag them from the darkness into the light. And when you can do that, then that trigger no longer triggers you. And, 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 but it takes a long, long time to get there, to not be triggered by that trigger. And, and, and I, somebody, somebody had, had sent something to me, and it was really personal, and they meant to hurt me with it at least is what it felt like to me and it hurt man it 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 oh it it and it came from way out of my past just just way out of my past so so usually i would react to that respond get on the phone get mad fix it f you i've worked on just and and i just let it sit which was really hard i slept on it which is almost impossible for me to sleep on something and then when I woke up the next day and I was having my little quiet time in the morning, I lit my family candle. I have a little moment with myself before uh, my son gets up and having a cup of coffee and, and I sit in silence and I say a couple things. Uh, then you're not sitting in silence. You're yeah, saying a couple and then, things. And then, I, and, then I, and, and then I responded to this person. And I'm so glad I did that because I, I'm really happy with the way that I responded. And the day before I was going to react and try to fix and try to explain, 
but by sitting in it. So then when I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sharing this with, with my therapist, what was really great about her is she just w- will tell me more. And, 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 and she wasn't trying to fix any of it. She was just trying to understand it. And then we were trying to understand it together. It took, it's taken me four years of therapy to get there. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm proud of you on that. That's really good. And, and I think, uh, there are baby steps you can try with this. When you have the urge, someone tells you something and you have the urge to gloss over it. If you can just recognize, recognizing it's the first stage. Of going, okay, I don't want to recognize. I don't want to do that. Give Especially a, give with... A, give me an example. With, well, like I think parents with kids is a huge one. Kid comes home and they don't have the life history that you do. And so for them, getting a bad grade on their math test could be huge. And instead of just going, ah, oh, you're fine. It's only one test. You know, you know, keep your head up. You know, it's okay. When it's so dismissing it of saying... Wow, tell, why does it feel that way? Or just whatever. Man, that's got to be that's be really hard because I know you worked hard to on that test. And then let them tell you more. Uh, and you have to sit there and just listen to it. It's, it's hard because it's, it's easy to just yeah. go, ah, it's just one test. Don't worry. Go on the next one. It's good. When when Russell Wilson, his 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 brain coach just passed away. Uh and we had heard Windermere had hired him to come in to speak to all of us, and he did. And it was interesting because he talks about a number of years ago where Russell Wilson down in Arizona he throws that pick when the Seattle Seahawks lose the game, and he couldn't deny that that happened. And there was no, "Hey, Russell, no big deal." Get him next time. Yeah, because there is no next time, and 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 Russell knew that, and Russell knew that it would become a trap game for him, and that he may, and and we've seen this happen with ball players before, especially pitchers in the major league, where they screw something up in a World Series and they can't even pitch anymore, they just lose it, and and Russell Wilson knew that he needed to do the work to sit with it, to watch it, to see what it was going to teach him. To and he and he calls it finding a place where he could just be neutral about it, because you know that fans out there can't be neutral about it, and you know when you go in that stadium down in Arizona, they're going to remind you, or you go in a Pats fan, and they're going to remind you. Marshawn Lynch still jokes about it. Still jokes day. about it. Yeah, and he's ma- he's he's making money, you know, doing commercials, pretending like he's not talking to the media. So so it's finding that 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 place of of neutrality, and 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 that's hard to do. Hey, coming back, uh, what happens at the end of life for a family member of yours? Uh, Are you supposed to be in the room or out of the room? We'll talk about it next. Hey, you guys, we got a brand new sponsor. Mitch Weeks is here from Home Seed Loans. If you want to find out more about Home Seed Loans, do what Ron did. He went to he went to Mitch dot loans. That's Mitch dot loans, right? I did. And Mitch, your process um, all ha- most of it happened online. You've made it pretty easy to submit all the documents I needed to get approved. That's correct. Yeah, we've made it really easy. Um, there's an online portal, and then we also have a whole team ready to answer any questions you have. The thing that I really love, though, is you've come up with a special program for people just in the Ron and Don Nation, whether we're buying or doing a refi. 
That's correct. Yeah. Any Ron and Don Nation member is now part of our buyer benefit program just automatically. So our partnership means that listeners will save a half a percent on the closing of any loan. Up to the sky is the limit, but that's an average of $3,000 on loans in King County. So that's huge. That is huge. So up to half a percent on a new buy or a refi. Go to Mitch.loans today. It's not a .com or a .net. It's Mitch.loans. It's a brand new sponsor here on the Ron and Don Show. The Weeks team, NMLS 1691573. Hi, everyone. My name is Therese, and I am a new team member with Ron and Don. When you're ready to buy a new home, I am a buyer specialist. Just reach out, and we will send a buyer's playbook that the guys wrote just for you. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 333. I, I'm not trying to make you cry here, and I'm being honest because I know, I know that this is a, a, a heartfelt topic for you. I've been thinking about this. Charlie's three. People see him now. He still acts like a puppy, but you know he's, he's not going to be around with us forever. I'm not going to be around with us forever, and who knows? Maybe I go before Charlie does. I don't know. Something that we've been talking about in our family, though, and my son has brought up is the, is the end of life. And, and what is that like? Because we've already had one dog, Nola, our basset hound, pass away. And what is it like? And what are you supposed to do at the end of life? Charlie knows that we're talking about. Uh, and, and you have some pretty strong thoughts on this. There's some veterinarians now that have come out, and they've talked about this, and they have some recommendations. And their recommendations kind of blew me away. I didn't want to share the recommendations, though, before uh, I gave you a, a chance to talk about it. I've done this both ways, and, and I, I, when I do adopt dogs, I usually go to the pound and get an adult dog because they're, you know, everybody wants a puppy, and so the ones that are adult dogs are uh, the, the ones that usually at a kill shelter end up getting killed. So I, I will do an adult dog realizing that then you're not going to have that dog for 18 years or 16 years, that you probably have that dog for five years or four years or, or even less. Mm-hmm. So I, there was a stretch there where I, I went through quite a few dogs uh, just because they were older. I, I would adopt the older dogs. So the first dog chance, I was like, I owe it to this dog to be in the room. And it, it, it was very sick. And I think it had dog leukemia. Oh. And, and, you know, it was the end of life for the dog. And it was it was in the, it, you know, teen, it was teenage years of the dog. Like, it, I think it was like a 13-year-old dog. And it was just brutal. Like, going through that process was not, it wasn't peaceful. It was not edifying in any way. It was just, it was all bad all the time. And so then the next time I had to do that for Frank the dog, I was like, you know what? I want to remember Frank in in the good times I had with Frank. I don't want my last memory of him to be in this vet office and, and doing, you know, euthanasia with Frank. So I uh, I wasn't there for Frank. And I had a moment when he was still around and took a picture and like, said what I needed to say and then was not there. And for me, this, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but for me, I think that's the way to go, uh, to, to not be there, um, for those reasons. I what, think, if, what if you have a child, would you be there? Uh, a child, like a human being is different. How is it different? Because they're a human being, <laughs> you know, they're, uh, I've been at a euthanasia ceremony. I know you have. Uh, and I, it was it was different because the 
person can talk to you. So I had communication with this person and we got to say what we wanted to say. And, and this person was able to tell articulate to me, this is what I want to do. I've made my decision. Um, I want you here to support me. So it's a, it's a totally different feel. When you drop off a, an animal, they don't know. They can't communicate to you the state that they're in. And you can't communicate to them really what you're thinking. Like you can be there physically and pet them or give them a treat or something. But it, to the human being is... It's a, it's entirely different. Yeah. So the vet, the the these vets that were interviewed. So and 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 I'm not. I, I don't know what I would do. I I know if it was my son, I'd be in the room. Uh, the my boyhood dog, I stayed up with all night, and then I was heartbroken that that she had passed away in the middle of the night because I wanted to be there with her. They said that the dogs do know, and. When you take them somewhere that where they have never been and they're with a human that they don't know and they're used to their connection with you and they're used to looking in your eyes and they're used to your hug and your pets and your treats and your voice and then you leave uh they said that that's not in the in the best interest of the dog. They said that's probably in the best interest of you, but it's not necessarily in the best interest of the animal. And I thought, and then I made that decision after reading that. I go, you know what? That settles it. If I'm lucky enough to be around and it's Charlie's time to go, I'm be in the room. And then I saw a picture of a woman in the room with the dog, and, and I'm like. I'm not going to be in the room. I'm out of the room. No room. That's a heavy segment to end the show on. I know. I need some toxic positivity. Keep your head up, O'Neal. And I need some energy. (laughs) Hey, you guys. That actually was a fun episode. Thanks for stopping by. Episode 333. If you need to reach out to us, go to ronandonsitdown.com. You can write us about something concerning real estate or just something concerning uh, the radio program, too, if you want to do that. All right. Hey, we want to thank Mitch Weeks. He's one of our new partners. We really appreciate him partnering with everyone in the Ron and Don Nation. Yeah, and he's got a deal for you if you're refinancing or purchasing a home and you need a loan. Save one half percent on your loan fees. It's an average savings of three thousand uh, dollars. And you can find him at Mitch.loans. Yeah, our thanks to Les Schwab. Stop by any Les Schwab Tire Center right between now and as we head towards Thanksgiving. Drop off non-perishable food items, and they'll make sure our friends at Root, I'm sorry, Food Lifeline, that they get it. And those things are handed out through the course of the holidays. And I don't know if you've been watching some of the newscasts, you guys, but a lot of food shelters out there are really struggling. One, because the price of food and inflation has gone up so much, and also because of the supply chain. So you might even have some food sitting around in your pantry. Like, leave the food in the store. And you know what? Screw the lima beans, right? Screw the lima beans. That's not love when you drop off... 12 cans of lima beans that have been in your pantry for the last 18 years. (laughs) 
Hey, you guys, keep your head up, shoulders back. Again, if you need us, ronanddonsitdown.com. And we'll see you next time for episode 334. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>